Yeah, they're wrong, I know they are Cause I can play this here guitar Hello, this is Tom Wright. You're listening to Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. Hello and welcome to Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. It's been a while and I've had a lot going on. Some good and some not so good. But uh, the worst of it was pretty bad and that's that my eldest niece passed away at age 33. She was a mother of three, married, but was having her difficulties. I've recorded a song for her upcoming memorial, and I'm going to include it in today's program. And today's show is all about me, my influences, people I've met and actually shook hands with. We're going to start the show with the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. Met Elvis back in about 1972 with my very good friend David Weinstein, who has since departed. And we were at Caesar's Palace to see Paul Anka, believe it or not. And uh, my good friend Joe DeBlasi was playing in the band at the time for Paul Anka. So we went to the show and we were sitting somewhere in the back of the house at Caesar's. And uh, about the, the end of the show, Paul Anka made some announcements and then introduced Elvis Presley. He was in the audience. And all of a sudden, we're blinded by the spotlights because Elvis was sitting at the booth right in front of us the whole time, and we had no idea. So after the show's over, we're leaving the casino, and as we enter the parking lot, there's this beautiful classic Mercedes limousine. Dave and I look at each other and instantly think Elvis and say it out loud. So we follow the car to the back parking lot at the backstage entrance, there's no one out there yet, no one at all. So we go over to the driver, we say hello, nice British man, tells us stay close, and we did. And when Elvis came out, he walked right over to us, put his hands out and said, put his right hand out and said, hi, I'm Elvis Presley, glad to meet you. We talked for a minute maybe. We're on our way, and boy, I'll never forget that. I'll also never forget the first song that ever moved my soul, and that happened to be Hound Dog by Elvis Presley. So here we go to start off today's show with the king of rock and roll. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, girl. You're crying all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, crying all the time.
Elvis has left the building, and I got to shake the man's hand. Yes, another hand I got to shake was that of Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board, Old Blue Eyes. It was in 1965 at Dodger Stadium. I was uh, down on the field with my baseball team, Babe Ruth team. We got to be treated there maybe once every season or so because our team had an affiliation with Don Drysdale, the legendary L.A. pitcher. And uh, anyway, I saw where Sinatra's section was, which was, you know, uh, above first base or between first base and home plate. And young kid with nerves of, uh, you know, with a lot of nerve back then, I just made my way over in that section, asked Mr. Sinatra if he'd be sign an autograph. He waved me over and he was sitting with Mia Farrow and that's who he was with at the time who was young and gorgeous and what I remember most other than those things was that she was wearing these really cool designer frame glasses but there were no lenses and that kind of blew me away. That's something I'd never seen and haven't seen much since but I've seen it once or twice. So meanwhile, what can you say about the chairman of the board? He was everywhere, radio, television, films, records, and he was the best. So here we go with Francis Albert Sinatra and Antonio Carlos Jobim on Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. Ding 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 
Frank Sinatra along with Antonio Carlos Jobim. Oh yeah, and I did get to shake the hand of Frank Sinatra. Another hand I got to shake was that of Acker Bilk, clarinetist who performed a song called Stranger on the Shore in the early 60s. And I loved the sound so much I took up the instrument immediately. Played it for a few years in school orchestras and such. And just always loved the sound of clarinet, even though I didn't pursue the instrument myself. So, I got to meet Ackerbilk at KPCC, which is in the halls of Pasadena City College, when I was a student DJ there, and uh, tell him exactly that story. So, not much more to say, other than I still love the sound of Stranger on the Shore. Stranger on the Shore by the late, great Acker Bilk, another man I did get to meet and tell him how much I admired his sound. Another legend I got to meet was Bobby Hatfield of the Righteous Brothers. I had moved to Lake Tahoe in 1974 to ski for one season and stayed nearly six years. 
In that time, I became a poker dealer at the Sahara Tahoe, which had one of the main showrooms in town. And a lot of stars, all kinds of great acts came to that room. And I got to meet a few of them, including the Righteous Brothers. And Bobby Hatfield would frequent the poker room when they were, weren't working or after a show. And uh, he'd walk in and basically nobody would recognize him off stage, except I did. I'd been a fan since I was probably 10 years old. And uh, so I went up and talked to him and got to know him a little bit. He was about as nice a guy as you'd ever want to meet. And uh, so we'd hang out right there anyway, have a drink or two together possibly, if I wasn't working that is. And, uh, you know, he was a great guy. And one time when they were leaving town, he actually came by to say goodbye, which I've always appreciated. Now, you all know Bobby Hatfield from the Righteous Brothers version of Unchained Melody because that's surely become a classic. It was used in the movie Ghost, and everybody knows Bill Medley's version, along with Jennifer Warren's of uh, I've Had the Time of My Life. Well, meanwhile, those guys go way back and pretty much invented Blue-Eyed Soul. So here they are with one of the first things that really got me moving, with Little Latin Loopy Lou on Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. Talking about my baby Little Latin Loopy Lou She's a hot foot baby that she couldn't do She's my groovy little baby A little and loop-a-loop Blue-Eyed Soul Brothers, that's Bobby Hatfield and Bill Medley on Little Latin Loopy Lou, a Righteous Brothers classic. Well, another guy I got to meet in Lake Tahoe 
was Stephen Stills, and Stephen Stills has always been one of my guitar idols, without a doubt. From the first time I heard the Buffalo Springfield until today, I've always loved his guitar playing, acoustic, electric, his keyboard playing, his Hammond B3 playing, his singing, of course, and my God, his writing. Well, I went in to sit down in a poker game, a Texas Hold'em game at the Sahara Tahoe after a Kenny Loggins show one night, and lo and behold, I was seated next to Stephen Stills. The odd thing was, once again, no one knew they were sitting at a table with Stephen Stills. It took me a few minutes to realize that it was Stephen Stills, and once I did and went to just kind of acknowledge him, he nodded to me and that it was him, and I didn't have to say anything. But I did offer, if he was up for it, to go out and maybe have a joint, take a break, and talk a little music. Well, he didn't take me up on it at first. In fact, he said, it makes me stupid, which I'd never heard until that time. But a little while later, maybe an hour or two later, he did take me up on the offer, and we went out and sat in my car on a cold winter night out in the parking lot behind the hotel. And uh, we talked music, and boy, did we talk music. He also gave me one of the greatest guitar lessons I ever had, and there was no guitar in sight. But we talked about his playing Jimi Hendrix, playing him playing with Jimi Hendrix, Jeff Beck, and Eric Clapton, and all these greats that he had seen and become friends with and recorded with as well. And uh, anyway, it's a night I'll never forget and an influence that still moves my soul and my musical direction at all times. So here's Stephen Stills from the Buffalo Springfield days with Bluebird. Listen to my Bluebird laugh she can't tell you why Deep within her heart you see She knows all I cry Just like Yeah There she sits a lofty perch Strangest color blue Lying Forgotten now Things only of you Just you So get all those blues Must be a thousand years And each is differently used You just know You sit there mesmerized By the depth of her eyes If you can categorize She got so 
is going to fly away Sadness is her own Reverse of a bath of tears And go
When I was young and needed my time alone Jump in the pillow, hold down me by your Cougar for liar, river was dark and cold Seven years old, I couldn't find my way home Got myself a job in a Shakespeare bar Got myself together with the new Orient Got myself working for rice and beans Ah, yes, two of my favorite guitarists of all time, Jimi Hendrix joining Stephen Stills on that one. And uh, Stephen Stills, somebody I got to meet. And Jimmy, I got to see play as well as Stephen Stills several times, maybe more than, in fact, with Stills. I've probably seen him play 10 to 15 times easily. But Jimmy, I got to see play a few times too. Never got to meet him, but certainly was mesmerized. 
and uh, as many others were and still are. We'll get to some Jimmy at some point, but not in today's show. Next up on my musical journey, we're going to move over to the female influences. My favorite female singer of the late 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and you name it, is Joni Mitchell. And I got to meet Joni the first time because I met her a couple times. The first time was at LAX and once again with my good friend David Weinstein. We were about to get on a plane to fly to Vancouver to meet my family who had already been on the road for a couple weeks, summer vacation that it was. And I had a brand new white shiny cast because I'd broken my wrist, my left wrist, a couple weeks earlier on the beach. And uh, anyway, I won't go into that story, but I had a brand new cast on. And there's Joni Mitchell in the airport at LAX, long flowing hair, long, you know, long dress, uh, carrying her guitar case. And I was just blown away. I was already a Joni fan. And... Um, this was like too much, and I just couldn't speak to her. I just couldn't get up the nerve. So meanwhile, we ended up traveling to Vancouver, B.C., British Columbia, that is, on uh, the same plane, although she was in first class and we weren't, so I never really saw her on the plane. But when we were in customs after we landed, she had just gone through customs and had come out. We were kind of far back in the line. Not that it was a real long line or anything. But as she was walking by, I figured it's now or never. So I asked her for an autograph and see if she would sign my cast. And she was gracious. She took out a black Sharpie that she had and signed my brand new cast with her signature full bore for the world to see. And boy, oh boy, I mean, talk about a great thing. Except five seconds later, a customs officer came and grabbed Joni and took her back into an office and now basically checked everything she had because they thought maybe I passed her some contraband, which I definitely did not. And being, a you know, again, young, dumb American, never gone through customs before, didn't really know the protocol, but meanwhile, they kept Joni in that office for a good hour. So when she came out, and me and my friend Dave had probably just come through the customs line, when she came out, she didn't really want to talk to me at all. In fact, she was pissed. Well, I was still as excited as hell, and of course, she was only detained for a little while and then released, of course. Um, a few years go by, and here it is about 1974, and my good friend Dan Sawyer, who I'd grown up with, another fabulous musician still working today. You hear his stuff all the time on TV and soundtracks and what have you. Uh, Dan was playing with Tom Scott and the LA Express, who at the time had just become Joni's band for the album Court and Spark. So Dan was actually filling in for another favorite guitar player, Robin Ford, who I actually met the first time that night in 1974. Well, meanwhile, midway through their, one of their sets, everybody turns their eyes to the back of the room. Now, if, I don't know if you know the baked potato on Coanga in Studio City, but uh, it's not a big club, and the hallway is tight. 
leads out to a back door, and why would you notice anybody? Except when Joni Mitchell walked in, she had so much magnetism that everybody just eyes peeled. Well, my friend's playing with the band that her boyfriend is the drummer of. Uh, John Guerin was the drummer at the time of the LA Express. So on a break, on the first break, I go to visit Dan, who's hanging with the band, and here comes Robin Ford, who stopped by to check him out and sit in, and here's Joni. I'm standing right next to both of them. So I started to tell Joni, you know, remember me kind of story, and she had no idea who I was. She'd forgotten all about it, and my goodness, I was so thankful for that. Anyway, she was nice. We laughed about it, talked with Robin and Dan for a little while. They continued, and there you have it. Well, so here we go. Without further ado, on Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss, here's Joni Mitchell. Does it really matter if you come now? 
changing faces Looking for an ocean They trickle through your leaky plans Another dream over the dam And you're lying in some room Feeling like you're right to be human It's going over too Some are gonna knock you Some will try and clock you You know, it's really hard To talk sense to you Troubled child Breaking like the waves at Malibu Many Sides of Joni Mitchell, one of my favorite artists of all times, and a true artist, one that never rested on her laurels. She just kept moving forward, and which is most of what my favorite musicians do do. My favorite guitar player to date is Jeff Beck, because he just never stops reinventing himself. And likewise with Joni, she did it throughout her career and just brought us more great sounds, one after another. Well, at this point, I wish to play a track that I recorded myself, and it's an instrumental version of Amazing Grace, which I totally dedicate to my late niece, Lillianne Langworthy. She was just 33, left three young sons behind, and a loving husband, and our family's getting together this Saturday in San Diego to have a memorial for her, and... uh, I hope this will be played. I don't think I'll be playing it live, but I do hope to share the recording, and I hope you enjoy it. And if there's anybody that you're mourning for right now, then please join me.
Amazing Grace, performed by yours truly, Stuart Strauss. And by the way, I also performed the intro music for the show now, so I just wrote that one recently. But Amazing Grace, what a beautiful melody, and uh, I totally dedicate that to my late niece, Lillianne Langworthy, but want to share it with anybody that's mourning, anyone suffering, trying to find their way. Well, let's get happy now. How's about some John Mayall? I got to meet and shake hands with John Mayall and the Blues Breakers back in about 1968. In fact, it was early 68 because I didn't have my driver's license yet. So I borrowed, you might say, my father's car that was sitting next to the house, a stick shift that I didn't know how to drive. I got it to my friend's house about two miles perhaps, all in first gear, and um, we proceeded. Of course, he had a license and knew how to drive a stick. So we proceeded to LAX, where when we got to the airport, we're met by the A&R guys from London Records. And when John Mayall and the Blues Breakers got off the plane, we were the only ones there to greet him. Of course, I heard about this on local radio, so we didn't really expect to be the only ones to show up. But blues wasn't so big here yet, if you can believe that, you know. It was just catching on, really. And it was really the Brits and John Mayall that brought American blues music to children of the 60s, you might say, 50s and 60s. We didn't know who many of the guys who wrote those songs were, you know, after hearing them, but it didn't take long to find out. Well, meanwhile, got to meet John Mayall and a very young Mick Taylor. Mick Taylor was about our age, maybe a year or two older at best, and I don't even think he was that much older. But uh, he went on, of course, to join the Rolling Stones and perform on many of their greatest, greatest songs, in, in my book anyway. I love the period when Mick Taylor was part of the Stones. So let's start out this next set on Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss by listening to John Mayall on his acoustic side, really, with Room to Move. <laughs> If you want the dolly and his 
Oh yeah, the Rolling Stones from their 1969 classic Get Your Yaya's Out, featuring Mick Taylor on that slide guitar. Boy, he was such an asset in that band. And uh, he's done a lot of great things since, but uh, I don't think anything quite to that level, hard to say. Meanwhile, I thank you very much for listening today. I've got more to share, so we're going to call this part one of The Man Who Shook the Hand. And uh, I think I'm going to leave you with either... Let me think about this for a second. Okay, I've thought about it. I'm going to leave you with Paul McCartney. Probably the Beatles. Well, or Paul, doing the Beatles. I got to meet Paul and Linda McCartney back in about 1990 when I worked in a post house in Hollywood, not far from where I'm living now. And they were clients, believe it or not, or Paul was a client. And they were on or getting ready for an American tour at that time. And that particular evening, they performed on the Grammy Awards. And because of the time delays and all that sort of thing, they performed like maybe at five o'clock our time, that would have been eight o'clock on the East Coast. And from there, they were chauffeured to 525 Post, which was a very affluent boutique uh, editing house, post house, where a lot of music videos and real upper-end projects were completed. So my boss calls me upstairs and says, uh, you know, to be on the lookout for Paul McCartney and Linda and to meet them out in the parking lot when they arrived. And... I thought, of course, he's just pulling my leg, you know, but he was for real. And um, what I was doing at the time, I was a PA there, really. So anything they asked to do is I was learning how to edit video. And uh, so, hey, not too shabby an assignment for a PA, meet the McCartneys. So when they drove up in two limos, by the way, with the full band and James and probably Stella, who were pretty young children at the time, were with them. Um, I got to meet them then and there and walk them inside. And uh, from there, it was, you know, kind of mayhem, but it was great. And I got very friendly with Linda. You know, shook hands, of course, with Paul. And Paul actually left me and uh, one of the guys I worked with a little gift one night, believe it or not, something he was busted for in Japan a few years earlier. So that was kind of a treat, something, of course, you'd never forget. And uh, Linda was so cordial, so sweet. I mean, I made her cappuccinos or whatever the heck she was drinking. But boy, she was an angel. She seemed to be really interested in what I was up to, you know, what I was about, which I found really so unusual for a celebrity of that status. But uh, quite a down-to-earth woman, and Paul was a real gentleman and uh, couldn't have been any nicer to everybody he met. So I'm going to leave you with Paul and Linda somewhere in here as well. And I'll see you next time on Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. And thanks so much for listening.
Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Into the Woods with Stuart Strauss. If you'd like to contact me, use at Stu Strauss. That's S-T-E-W-S-T-R-A-U-S-S, both on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, use my full name, S-T-E-W-A-R-T-S-T-R-A-U-S-S. To get to my website, just add a .net to that, and you're there. I hope that you've enjoyed this show enough to press the like button, and please subscribe. 